Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Well, hey, everybody. This is the Youth School Podcast. And this is your host, Scott Schimmel. And we are in a theme called moments. And the idea behind moments is that moments are the parts of our lives that really shape us. They're, when we talk about the story of who we are, we often go from moment to moment in the timeline of our lives. And uh, moments can just happen to us. Moments um, can be unexpected. They can be because someone else chose them. They could be good moments, bad moments. Um, and then sometimes we create moments, big moments like having children, uh, getting married, <laughs> graduating. So there, there are these moments in our lives that shape us and say a lot about us as humans. But one of the things we're really interested in is having conversations around how do you uh, create moments? How do you cultivate moments? And especially from those of us who work with students, uh, the, the real topic of today is how do, you, how do you design a student experience? How do you design a classroom experience? Or maybe you're not working in a classroom, but you work with a group of students, uh, an after-school program, or um, in some other environment, maybe like a, a youth group or religious group. Um, we're going to talk and have a conversation around that. How do you how do you do that well? How do you set things up for that? And obviously you can't uh, just manufacture moments of connection and insight and discovery and meaning, but you can do some, you can do quite a bit to help that. So um, I'm thrilled. Uh, Tracy, I think you're maybe the only two or three people have ever been on the Use podcast twice. So uh, oh my goodness. Great privilege. Oh, that's right. I did an interview with the, yeah, um, you were, yeah. it wasn't really oh, highlighting you, so but you well. were on the show and you're in the show. You're in the IMDB school podcast world. Um, so Tracy, you're going to be looking that up when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> you go listen. <laughs> Tracy, it's, you are a teacher, you're a friend of you school, and we can talk a little bit about that, but um, maybe just a little context of where you're at as a teacher, what you've, what you're teaching now, and just a little bit of your background for the, the kinds of classes that you've been a part of over the years? Okay. Uh, well, I started, I think I was a student teacher in the fall of 98. And in the spring of 99, I was hired as an intern versus a student teacher because California had downsized English classrooms and they were desperate for English teachers. And so I was lucky enough to um, get hired on in that way. Um, I started teaching, my first classes were English 9 and ESL hmm. uh, 4. And then went on ESL 4 and 5, went on to creative writing, um, English 10, English 9, um, kickboxing. Whoa. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Um, and I also have a dance credential. And then um, from there, uh, did some film. And then for the last, since 2004, I've been teaching primarily uh, dance, believe it or not. Um, yeah. And uh also teaching health within that. And then within my career at the school that I'm at right now, um, I have been the Raven Wellness lead, the social emotional coordinator for campus for probably roughly five years. And we're talking about uh, much of your career has been at Canning Crest Academy, which is in San Diego. It's in the the suburbs. Right. Right. Um, It's a diverse school. It was started out really as a as an alternative like school for for artists and is that right? 
Right. It started out as an arts and technology high school. And then what happens when you put art in the classroom um, back where it needs to be students become really passionate and dedicated and um, can apply that dedication and passion to other parts of their lives. So we became this insanely insane academic powerhouse. I think we've been the number one public high school a couple of times in the state of California. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, we, we got to this place where we all kind of looked at each other and went, whoa, we're going to need to back out a little bit and, uh, and check on the social emotional wellness of our, our kids mm-hmm. and make sure we're, we're educating the whole child. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of been my for a while. We want to let you know that this month we have a free resource for you that you can download. It's called Cultivating Moments, a take it with you toolkit to cultivate a classroom environment where you connect deeply for insight, for whimsy, and for discovery. One of the things we hear from teachers all the time is how do I design a classroom environment where we can connect and have moments of deep connection? So this downloadable resource for you that's available for free can give you some thoughts and guidance for what you can do given the limited capacity that you have, given all the constraints that you have, how you can use foresight and a little bit of planning to cultivate a classroom environment where moments can naturally occur. All you got to do is go to bit.ly slash cultivating moments. That's B-I-T period L-Y forward slash cultivating moments. And we will get you that free resource in a minute. So go to that website and check it out. When you think about, and I'm not sure what use, what word you would use, but classroom management, um, caring for kids, social emotional environments. Is there somebody that comes to mind? Like who taught you? Who taught you that? Were you taught that in school when you're getting your credential? Like how do you create a classroom environment where you can be human, connect with one another, talk about important things. Like, was there anyone formative for you back in the day? You know what? I think Mark Baldwin, who was the the professor of the credentialing program I was in at Cal State San Marcos, um, was one of the two. Joe Keating was the other, but he was really he he was really about behavior management, but in a way that um, was inclusive and not there was not a call out culture with him. It was pull the kid aside, have a conversation, mm-hmm. make the connection. Um, and I think I kind of took that, that lead. But when I started there, I got a lot of flack for what do you check in with your students at the beginning of every class? What do you talk about? And it, it was just that I was just checking in to see how they were doing because I knew as a human being, if you are not emotionally present, if you're not, mm-hmm. if you're not okay, um, emotionally, you're not going to learn anything. If your parents are getting divorced, if you got in a fight mm. with your boyfriend, if you got a terrible haircut the night before, <laughs> um, and you're feeling, you know, I mean, that sounds silly, but it's, it, you know, that sticks with you yeah. and you're distracted. You're not going to learn anything. So I found it more efficient for learning to give them that time to kind of tell me what was going on and let them hear each other. And it created this culture in my classroom of connection and authenticity that I think transferred to their their learning, their connection to school, their connection to me, their connection to themselves. Hmm. Hmm. What are you? What are you doing? What are you doing from a your conscious standpoint? Like, what are you doing with a group of students to build connection to create? Well, moments? well, the first thing is that 
I, I'm always trying to be real. And I think those, mm-hmm. I think most teachers are like that when you're teaching high school, like you're just trying to be a real person with the kids. Mm-hmm. Most of us are. Um, and that's unnerving sometimes because, you know, we all, we all, <laughs> we all struggle with vulnerability and being judged. But I, the first mm-hmm. thing that I do is like, look, I'm, I'm here not for dance or English or creative writing or kickboxing or whatever, but I'm here because I like to work with your age group. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, in the very, very first day, it's like once, now that you're here, you're my student mm-hmm. and you will always be, I will always refer to you as my student. Um, I will always be here, whether it's tomorrow or 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need somebody to talk to, if something's going on and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my door will always be open to you. Mm-hmm. What? Um, and I think starting off with that idea of you're not alone mm. and not, you know, not, of course, not a whole classroom of 45 dancers are going to take you up on that, but the kids who really are in crisis, or that's going to resonate with them and they are going to come in and ask for help. And for the ones that are not in crisis, mm. it creates this sense of belonging in the classroom that allows them to, I think, which is the other part about building moments to get intentional about who they are and about who they want to be and about what they're doing. Hmm. And how do you do that when you got 45 students? Well, I mean, and and it's, you put 45 kids in a dance class and it's, there's a lot more vulnerability and risk than there is being in a, in an English class and, you know, risks or whatever, a lot of times. Um, And so I do have them sign a, like a, like a class agreement. Hmm. Um, that they're going to be open to each other and they're not going to side talk. They're going to support. They're going to get used to it, particularly in a dance class where you can see it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can see the learning happening, you know, getting used to feeling I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to learn how to be okay with kind of feeling awkward and stupid sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we do, I do mindful breathing at the beginning of uh, each class that I teach. Um, And what What is that? We do something. Mindful breathing, it's like meditation, but we do like a really simple inhale for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight, and we okay. just lay down on the floor. It's easier to actually do it in desks, but we just lay down on the floor. Um, and we do something that Daniel Siegel calls uh, sifting, which stands for sensation, sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts. And so once you've been, you know, doing that four, seven breath, four, seven, eight breath, four, God, I can't talk, four, seven, eight breath for a minute. Uh-huh your body starts to kind of downshift and calm down and you can kind of notice what's happening. So what sensations are you feeling? Are there any images in your mind? Um, Are you, what are you feeling in this moment? And then what thoughts are in your head? Um, And we kind of, I mean, you could spend a half an hour doing that, but we just do five minutes and it just gives them a chance to see what's happening. Um, Cause they move so quickly. I mean, the up tempo of up tempo of, a lot of high schools, particularly CCAs, is very fast. So it's really easy to just kind of put blinders on and get away. Yeah. So trying to, cr- trying to create a stop gap of, okay, here's five minutes for you to calm down and just see what's happening within you. Hmm. Um, allows the, and then we talk about, I, I mean, I ask them, you know, what's your intention for this class today? Are you just here to kind of go through the motions? Are you hmm. here to put in 110%? Um, and there's never any judgment on that. Yeah. I tell them, you know, I just want you to be cognizant of the choice that you're making. Huh. Um, but I think one of the other things about moments, and this happened uh, this week, I've been out of town, I missed two days with them, and I mm-hmm. always get kind of angsty because I'm like, oh my God, I got to get back to it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Wednesday, I was doing the RU school work. And then I could see, and, and teachers do this, like you realize that collectively as a class, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... What was that? Did you, uh, was I asked. Intuition? Was it a gun? They were just quiet. They're, they mm-hmm. were quiet. Their energy was low. There was just like really just super low energy. Um, they weren't really talking to each other. They weren't, which is unusual. Um, they were, their body posture, they were kind of hunched over and I would just said, Hey, what's, what's going on? (laughs) Something, your energy's really low. Like something's not right. What are, what are you talk to me? And and so usually you get blank stares. So I do Mm. this thing called fist to five. Okay. So fist is zero and then five, so zero, one, two, three, four, five. So they can just do it with their hands. Okay. And I said, okay, on on six to five, that's the scale. Show me how how much energy you have right now. Six is zero. I have none, and five is I'm full of energy. Well, I got zeros, ones, mostly zeros and ones, and a couple fives. Hmm. I was like, okay. And then I did the same thing for stress. Okay. And then I got a lot of fives. Wow. Like out of 45, I probably got 44 and five just surveying the room. And I said, okay, talk, what's going on? Is it Mm. course selection? Cause we're in the middle of that. And then I got lots of nods. I was like, okay, do we need to? And I just, I said, do we need to talk about course selection today Hmm. so that you guys can get a little bit of guidance and an over resounding yes from the class. And so, um, when you, I think those moments also come around when you are in the moment with your, your kids and you're like okay something's not right and my my plan for today is not going to work well even sort of readjusting but i mean they're all so i'm just breaking down those steps you noticed something and you you chose to chase yeah. that curiosity you already had a preset yeah. way to gauge how they're doing and then you're willing to change right. your own agenda your lesson plan for the day those are I mean, if someone's listening, that's an educator working with students like the, that is gold right there. Those are steps you can take to create moments. Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard. I know some of the, and being an English teacher, I get, I get it. And I'll get chuckles from the academic teachers, but I mean, we're, it is an arts high school. We do have a huge dance program. There is pressure to produce good work. We are yeah. prepping, you know, I'm choreographing right now for a show that's coming up in early May. Right. So there is some pressure on me. It was, it's not like, oh, it's just a dance class. And you right. know, they're, they're, it's there as well. But I'm not going to, they're not going to pay attention. It doesn't, they'll forget what I taught them mm-hmm. or what we created if I don't take a minute, you know? Wow. But I mean, the, and the other thing is you can create those. Those moments can also happen intentionally within a lesson plan. I mean, I had an email from a teacher today that um, mm-hmm. used Cyrano de Bergerac to lend social emotional intelligence and picked out that, you know, like was able to, to sit them down and talk about difficult conversations and how do you have difficult conversations and the kids mm-hmm. videotaped each other. So there are ways to, to wow. create moments. You go to a smart yeah. school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can guarantee they're all, you know, when you, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great teachers doing a lot of great things out there. Well, that's, I like that too, because, um, I, I agree that sometimes the moment is something you respond to and guide and steward. And then sometimes the moment is something you cultivate and create and, and say, right. And it's one of those, it's one of, I mean, 
in our industry, we like to call it a teachable moment. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it those for me, I, I feel like across my career, it's I've had the both versions. There was a when I my first year of teaching, I was doing the check in, and the first time I started it. I started at student teaching. It was terrifying because I was like, what are these kids going to say? And what mm. am I supposed to say? Right. <laughs> and I just found out a lot of it. Like if they say something like crazy, what am I, you know, how am I supposed to respond? What's the perfect mm. thing to say? And I found out a lot of it was just listening mm. um, and giving, reflecting back to them what they were, what emotions they were sharing and what values they were sharing. And, and, um, and so creating that uh, ritual Mm-hmm. led to this moment my first year of teaching and I'm th- this kid's well I won't say his name um but extremely quiet never mm. spoke never checked in ever the whole first two and a half months of school and we came back from November we came back from Thanksgiving and I made everyone in the class all 20 kids because it was 20 there's not 20 anymore mm. um talk about their Thanksgiving hmm. and I thought he would try and get out of it and would pass and uh he took a breath and he, and he was sitting in the back left corner of the classroom and he said, um, well, my parents told me they're getting a divorce. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, this kid doesn't talk all semester. Mm. And he comes out with, yeah. my parents are getting divorced. And that was one of those moments where you're like, I don't want to say the wrong. And I looked at him and I just said, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, they haven't talked to each other in like three years. So I feel like maybe it's for the best. And and then I, I said, does anybody know, have any experience with this? Any, any thoughts? And so the whole class, it turned into this huge class discussion. And, hmm. um, and it, was, it was a procured moment that yes. kind of went improvisational. But, um, mm-hmm. but I've had, both are equally powerful. Why? Okay, so it's like one of my last questions, but... Um, doing this, doing the check-ins, doing the, how are you doing the breeding? Why, why, why do that? Unless you, particularly with the check-in, well, um, with the breeding, really, um, you can't get, and I don't think you can get intentional unless you can stop for a minute and reflect. And the school day is made up of bells and motion mm-hmm. and learning. So there's not often a place where, excuse me, things just stop for a minute and mm-hmm. people can catch their breaths and, breaths and collect their thoughts yeah. and reflect on, oh God, first period sucked. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't do well on that quiz. What did I do wrong? And sort of process through a little bit because when you take that moment to reflect, that's when you can become intentional Hmm. you can make a conscious choice okay this class i'm actually going to pay attention today i'm going to take some more notes yeah i'm going to see what happens when i do that um and i think it's the and i think the check-in is a is a pause as well Mm -hmm. um it's this these moments of recognizing our humanity whether Hmm. we're doing it just Hmm. with ourselves or we're doing it collectively an entire class like we're all humans here (laughs) yeah um how how are we humaning today Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I you know, sometimes we human really well, and sometimes we don't. Um, and I think being being con- as conscious and reflective as we can on that allows us to have have some control over how we do things later in the future. 
it's a little bit like I've heard that phrase, go slower so you can go farther. That's that or that idea. So because I think mm-hmm. back to that op tempo you're talking about, um, I've got X number of students, X number of times a day per week, minutes, I got to get them through this. My I'm measured as I'm thinking of a teacher right now. I'm measured, my job is on the line, like that. Like so I I need to get this in and um, and I think your perspective is is just so refreshing, so different. It's, I don't know, you, you, you take the five minutes a day, you take the 10 minutes a day, you take the 25 minutes a week, and you, yes, you're right, you're not covering content. However, you're connecting, and you're helping people show up, and you're being human together. And, um, and there's actually, there's like a scientific, academic case right there. It's not, we're not yeah. even leaning yet on, well, they're humans and they need adults to be involved in their lives. Like that's, that's the normal pitch. They're kids. They need, they, you know, they, right. need, they need mentors and advisors. We're not even going there. That's like a given. You're actually, I don't know, helping me think through like, this is just good education right now. This is, that's what you're talking about. This is good. Well, and if you, if you take that, that concept, concept of op tempo and mm-hmm. I mean, you, I, only a teacher can understand the amount of pressure mm-hmm. teachers are under. And I, and I think about, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not pushing aside English and, and history teachers, but the math and science teachers, I would guess across the country are under so much pressure to cover so much material. And they, a lot of times, a lot of departments work in lockstep. So like Mm. you miss something one day and you're behind the rest of the classes. It's like, Oh my God, I'm failing. And teachers are overachievers by nature. Like we want to do all the things well. And so this isn't just like taking this five minutes, is as much about the teachers as it is about the kids. Because if we're, and it's the same thing, you know, it's just like parenting. Like if you are not, whatever energy you've got going on is what you bring into the classroom. And if you're not calm, if you're not, as they say when you're, (laughs) that sounds terrible, like when you're training animals, Cesar says to be calm and assertive. Mm -hmm. But if you don't bring that calmness into the classroom, the kids don't get it. (laughs) It's a terrible analogy, but you know what I mean. Is that the dog whisper? The kids don't. And so, (laughs) yeah, whisper. I just got a puppy, so it's on my mind. But you, you, there's so much pressure for teachers and for them as well, for their center. You know, I won't get into the, the biology and neurobiology of it, but, you know, mm-hmm. mindful breathing and meditation are, are, it is basically healing. I think they're called telomeres in the brain and they're, you know, less aging is happening and more longevity mm-hmm. is happening. And so mm-hmm. it's just, for every, for the sense of pace and pressure for everyone to take that time, that reflection and to be intentional mm-hmm. um, about what you're doing. And, you know, mm-hmm. looking at, I'm slightly obsessed with op tempo right now, but when you mm-hmm. look at a student op tempo, they're in class all day long. They're in, they have, they, I mean, in our school, there's four classes. I teach one class. Every student has mostly, most students have four. They're after school extracurriculars. They've got, you know, spiritual stuff that they're working on outside, you know, going to church or synagogue or temple or whatever's happening. And then they're going home and they're doing their homework and it, it, there isn't a there. And then on the weekends they've got stuff going on. And so we are, you know, we're crushing these kids and basically teaching them to teach their brains to be stressed out and overwhelmed all the Mm. time. Not to mention what teachers are doing to themselves with the way that they operate and how quickly can I turn around the papers? How soon can I grade the test? How quickly can I put it in the grading system? Mm. Yeah. Um, and where, 
it's like a, it's a huge snowball and we're all, I mean, we're just in over our heads right now with the stress and pressure to perform, have students to perform. Oh my God, am I using all the time in my classroom wisely? When if everybody could take a breath, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I have a, a, um, a teacher I work with that I have a lot of respect for. His name's John Unwin. And he, every Friday, his version of the check-in is he has every one of his students on an index card write down one thing that's going on with them that they want him to know about. Hmm. And then he collects them all. And Saturday morning, he said he gets his coffee and he gets his index cards. And that's what he does. He reads wow. his index cards. And so then, you know, and it didn't take time out of his class, but he feels more connected. The student feels more connected. And then if he needs to, you know, yeah. you know, squat down by somebody's desk and go, hey, how's your mom doing? How's the surgery? Mm. Or, you know, whatever it is. How's the injury? How's, how's the baseball game? Then he's got an, an inroad to make that connection. So it doesn't necessarily Beautiful. have to take time out of class, although I think that's great for the teacher. Yeah. Um, there are lots of ways to, to reach out and connect. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I just got chills. Too. So <laughs> I could do this all day long. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's good. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Trace and I talk quite a bit. <laughs> I think it's called preaching <laughs> to the choir so that we continue to do this work. Yes. I believe it is called preaching <laughs> to the choir. Yeah. Um, Trace, you share gold, platinum, silver, all that stuff. Um, thank you for being a friend. Uh, View School of Me. Thank you for the work that you're doing and we're on to something that's right, true, good and beautiful. So thanks for the work that you're doing. And then 20 years that's, that's uh, you've been experimenting inside of a real laboratory with real humans that that is now yeah. uh, paying off on dividends and being leveraged and scaled. And, and uh, what if people, as you're listening, what if every classroom, every school across the country had teachers that knew that that's their job, knew that's their role and they had the equipment. They knew how to do it. As simple as index cards, as simple as fist to five, as simple as five minutes of Right, break. right. It's, it is possible. This is common sense stuff. So thanks for being on the show today. And uh, folks, we've got, uh, we've got an ebook for you to download called Cultivating Moments. How do you do this stuff inside of a real classroom with real students? And uh, pay attention to more podcasts coming down and resources. So uh, enjoy. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Tracy. Hey, thanks for joining us for the U School podcast. We wanted to let you know that we have a new free mini course that's available for you. It's called the Real Me Course. It's available on our website. Go to theuschool.com forward slash register. Create an account and you'll see the Real Me Course available for you for free. Within three quick exercises, you can get clear about your identity, about who you are, and what matters to you. Let us guide you through video and through interactive prompts for you to figure out and get clear about your real story. So go to theuschool.com and thanks for joining us today.